like person. Uh, or person. Oh, and Either we're like live. <laughs> Welcome to Game of Nodes, a weekly podcast on the cosmos from independent validator teams. Hello, welcome to Game of Nodes, a weekly podcast on the Cosmos from independent validator teams. And uh, I've forgotten to do the weekly tweet, the one weekly tweet, a massive marketing push. And so I was just being <laughs> uh, just being ridiculed from that. Um, do we want to do some drama? So as you can see, we're we're very much in the old school format of uh, streaming the group call. Hence the hence the name for this week's episode. We've had a few weeks with some very very, uh, I would say highbrow guests, like some serious technical chat. Especially last week, I thought um, I've actually never spoken. I think before to Simon face to face. I've only ever spoken on the old text Maru. Um and I was kind of yeah. The old- can I just? Can I just? Uh, He's just oh, very, very clever, isn't he? What? Can I just clarify? Has has someone done the tweet? I what think tweet? when the when the stream starts, it automatically goes out of that. So I retweeted that. It just puts you, it. You are tweeted literally. Yeah. Well, not right from now. We are on Twitter. We are in. We are, we're, the we're, computer. In the, we're in it. Ah, <laughs> uh, fuck! Inside, I'm just gonna. The files are inside the computer now. So what you're saying is that a hundred percent of our marketing tweets failed this week. Is <laughs> yeah. that I mean, what you're saying? I do sometimes look at the, <laughs> at the scale like of some influencers that we're we're competing with, and I'm like, what is it they have? And I realize it's like a really Effort. professional <laughs> operation and a defined release uh, schedule. And those guys aren't those guys aren't six minutes late to their own stream. We should we should get our shit together, <laughs> at least by episode fifty. <laughs> by episode fifty. Um, but so so anyway so like this week we're just going to be we're just going to be talking about a few things if you have any questions put them in the comments um and we are back to kind of regular guest schedule i believe from next week we've got some, some exciting stuff coming up a lot of it i guess is still um i guess announcements and things trickling through from um from like cosmoverse and stuff because like so much stuff happened both there and then the hackathon afterwards and we're still kind of pouring through well, it's not really wreckage because it's actually more like clever shit that clever people have built. But we're kind of just like copying <laughs> their homework really uh-huh. frantically uh, in order to discern what the fuck happened in Colombia. We're like, oh, right. Okay. So, oh, yeah. So, right. Okay. So that's that. And can I make money for, oh, okay. Right. That's the fuck that then. Right. Next thing. <laughs> uh, <laughs> just come on, nerd. Give me something I can monetize. Uh, that's as if we're not. What have you overlooked? <laughs> As if we're not the nerds in that particular uh, vignette, but um, but yeah, so we're we're gonna be we're gonna be doing a few more. That obviously we're we're not stopping this podcast anytime soon, and you got to pry it away from our cold dead hands. So there's gonna be some more guests in the coming weeks. We um, will go on forever, <laughs> whether Late. or not there is whether demand, or not anyone fucking watches it. We will go podcast, on. We'll, the podcast will continue until the delegations improve. That's right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. um, it's a, it's the ransom. That is it. That is, that is, we are just operating a long, a long play ransom. Get, get us all to number Ponzi. top ten in osmosis, and then we shut this shit down. <laughs> we promise. To, to be fair, we were saying before the show started. So I don't know if anybody out there who's listening is into bad kids. Uh, again, I know there will be some people watching on Twitter. If you're going to watch on Twitter, you can join on YouTube, and then you can shit post in the comments, which I would recommend doing. Um, I don't know if anybody else is is in the bad kids thing. Um, all of us are obviously pretty involved with Stargaze, big fans of Stargaze Project, and we all 
degen the shit out of the NFTs when they first came uh, live. And I think all of us own a bad kid, right? At least one. Yeah, I've I, got a, I, have a I have a bad kids art times three. I think you were you were bad kid PFP before it was cool, weren't you? Now, I was I was a minter, a minter, you a minter. Yeah. yeah, congrats. So uh, actually, I was on the call. I was on the call when they announced the project, <laughs> and I was like, I am hard for that. Give me, bad, <laughs> give me bad kids. I want shit that looks like it was drawn by a two year old. <laughs> More please. Oh man, do uh, More, so. I, I actually don't know who's behind it. Are they actually a ten-year-old? Do you know that? Because I'm guessing no. It's just no, 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 no. So, but they did have kids draw them. No, I what? thought I thought it was. I thought Isn't there was some sort of computer generation involved in this. Yeah, no, it? but they had. I, I'm pretty sure they they got them to draw like, you know, on the thing, and then they've taken um, elements from that and then jammed them all together. Is this a is this a child labor situation we have here? Yeah, I was instantly <laughs> like, wow, that sounds like 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 because crypto is like not really illegal. No matter what you do, it's kind of like gray area. But like child labor, that shit's illegal. That shit, <laughs> that, that, one, illegal. that one definitely is. There uh, was child labor involved. Yes, it's like, <laughs> you've heard it's it here like first. A, like a sweatshop making the bad kids, and then we're just profiting <laughs> off of it. Uh, Look, well, this this cool. might be bullshit, but I'm pretty sure that he said that he got his kids and all his kids' friends together, and they fucking drew them. Put them in a put them in, <laughs> a, in a basement 9, for six 000. weeks. No, they drew nine thousand. That doesn't sound plausible. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean the the bits, you know. Draw some hair. Oh, uh, look, this isn't going well. This isn't going well. No. It's not going well at all. But we'll anyway, to- so so but the point here, right, is biggest news of the week is obviously that Stargaze is mooning relatively because of bad kids, which is awesome, and we're big fans. Is of it bad though? It, like, is someone actually two cents to four cents? That is doubled. Holy- Somebody yeah, just- but is it because of bad kids or is someone just going, oh, Stargaze is mooning because of bad kids? Has anyone actually drawn the correlation or of the causation or are they just Look, okay, uh, correlated? No, some of us. Some of Have us, they just right. correlated that people like st- bad kids with the price rising? I am a developer, <laughs> not a mathematician, not a statistician. We don't have the answers to that question. When so I worked, they're not when on the I call. worked for a data consultancy, I asked them whether I could do a part-time like degree or foundation degree in stats because my maths was bad and it might be useful for the job. And they said to me, you don't need to know maths to be a programmer to do what we do. That was when I was a junior. So I don't know the answer to your question because professionally <laughs> I've been told by people smarter than me that I don't need to know the answer to your question <laughs> in order to make the correlation that bad kids are causing stargaze to moon and therefore I'm right. Nice. I don't really know I, how I proved that, but QED, <laughs> no, motherfucker. No idea. Like, I was just trying to compute that and I'm pretty sure that was an incorrect statement. It was like, I just somebody I had one of these for sale for, for five thousand and somebody just bought one actually. There's a little run on these things. Yeah, they seem to be doing like they seem to be doing all right. Bad kids. Yeah. So anyway, before the show, we were talking about so we were joking about the bad kids stuff, and uh, I think we all committed that if if uh, bad kids get stargaze back to fifty cents, yeah, we stop we, this podcast. We will get a tattoo <laughs> of our bad kids <laughs> in various places, <laughs> which we 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 might end up regretting because actually, if there's a bull run, it's very plausible it will get back to that price bracket. I would love Stargaze what if you what if you have a lot of star kids? Do you have to get all of it? Like, are we looking up yes. our validator? I only have one. I only have one, which is why I could say you I'm need totally a tattoo fine. of every single one of those motherfuckers. Oh shit! I got eight of these things. 
Yeah, you got to get them all the way down crypto, your arm probably, now. Like a Kryptonian would have to get a whole fucking back done. <laughs> He's got like hundreds of the fucking things. Yeah, if it was oh, like man. glitch candies, then I'd be fucked because there's like too many of those. Um, I couldn't have these little kids on my ass. There's no way. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't do it. I have to find, we have to figure out some other way to pay this where's, debt. Uh, yeah, where's Polka when you need him? Like, because it's is their intern that's been pushing this agenda. Like at the end of the day, we've all got we've all got them to thank for not only the potential incoming tattoo, but also the uh, <laughs> the price action. You think so? Take it. Yeah, yeah. Polka, well, Polka's intern anyway has been uh, has been pushing the has been pushing the bad kids PFP thing pretty hard. It's nice. I think the oh shit meme has been largely they're doing i don't know I, I guess other people participate in it right but it's, I, I feel like i've seen the most exposure to the meme from polka so the these o, the oh shit meme so people can make bids on my they can make offers on my 2195 is the classic there i would say now that is i don't know how did i yeah, yeah that's that's classic null right there that now is that bit kind of butterhead wait click click on that click on that dude which one? This one? Yeah. And go scroll down to see if you have offers on that. I don't know. How do you know if you get offers? On the bottom of that. Keep going. Right there. Are those people making offers on that? Or is that generic offers? Is somebody bidding you 6,800 stars for that sucker? Yeah, they are. Yeah. I can I can accept that. Yeah. That's interesting. I, did, I thought you had actually had to put them up to bid for those bids to come in. But like, I have a ton of bids on all mine, actually. That's I mean, really interesting. That... I what? Call? I didn't even. Hey, do we? <laughs> <laughs> Those are so you can make a bit. I guess you can Join bid us now on Game of Knows where we're going to be burning all of our badges. <laughs> yeah, don't burn on the show. Just a fucking anarchist, Felix. <laughs> I want to burn one of these fucking things though. Hey, burn this... that big. Burn the bit canner. <laughs> that would suck, get, man. Will I get hate mail? What is all this shit? I I, 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 I get a bunch of those too. Is. They just like show up. I don't know what those. Yeah, they just get random ones. They throw like random. Yeah, they throw a bunch of shit in there. Yeah. No, all right. Are you burning? Are you burning? Burning buckethead? No, no offers. See you later, buckethead. Ah, you know what? I'm gonna need. You gotta to get your ledger. Fucking ledger. Ah, oh, <laughs> this is a good podcast. Uh, just uh, just wait around. Your, your, your name, things password, social security <laughs> number, and all exactly. that. Exactly. It's got a, I don't know. I don't know which ledger it is. Lost I interest. I think this yeah. is. I think this is starting to become self-harming. Just like burn all your NFTs, burn all your NFTs, burn all your NFTs. Yeah, uh, I mean that's going to be too much work to try and find that ledger right too now. Much. So. <laughs> <laughs> if I, I could bother to burn this, I would, but I can't be bothered to burn <laughs> it because it's too, because my operational security is too good. Leave, well, leave a leave a like leave, leave a uh, comment. Should we burn this shit next next episode? I'll, I'll bring my my ledger to work day. Yeah, yeah. Maybe we could maybe we could all do a, a mass burning. <laughs> it's like I think it's like book burning, sinister NFT burning, kind of funny. <laughs> we should all we should all the pick right a, uh, an NFT to burn. Oh, next, I have uh, I have lots to burn here. I got a big kind of butt. <laughs> I got a Buddha head too. Yeah, I can but burn I'm this not guy. gonna. I'm not gonna pick a good one. I'll pick one that's like. Yeah. Oh, like, no glitch. No glitch candy. I'm not gonna burn a glitch candy. They're fucking cool, and they were not cheap. Do I have a good plan? <laughs> it was like you know, cash out your Stargate rewards immediately, reinvest them into glitch candy. You know, you know the meme where it's like the vending machine. It's like no, Billy, no. Where they're trying to teach them the value of money. Yes. 
that was that was me and glitch candies it was like look your validator income's making money because we're in the middle of a bull market and the price is mooning you're like <laughs> feeding it straight back into the glitch candy machine a computer you know, made this click 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 oh, wow <laughs> how much are they it doesn't matter i think people are just making like blanket offers for any because if i look at all of my uh what other ones? Kids, they've all got the same bids on them. They've all they, got the same uh, offers. So. They do, but I don't have another. I don't have another NFT that has any offers on it. But every one of my bad kids has twelve offers on it. I think people oh. maybe th there's a new feature now where you can do like a blanket floor offer. Oh, can you? Oh, yeah, and I think it, it does something like you can accept. I can't keep up with them. There, there's, there's, I think there's a feature where you can basically say, I'll take any one. I'll make a collection time. bid. Uh, that's yeah. what it is. So it's you're bidding on 512 items at a specific number of stars each. Look at that. So they're bidding. So these this is a bid so for 6,000 stars. Is the floor now. What? 8,500 8, stars is the floor. Yeah. The floor the yesterday, honestly, was still Holy only 700. Shit. It's 9,000. No wonder mine got picked up for five. <laughs> I guess I should watch that a little bit closer, huh? Did what's, you sell what's it? Nine, what's 9,000 at the moment? I had, a, I had one for sale for 5,000 for like, I don't know, a month? I, I just forgot about it and it's gone, so that makes sense. <laughs> Since somebody picked it up and put it back for sale for nine. Wow. I'm, I'm good. That's so maybe like $360 floor at the moment, which is still, is that a profit from the original minting price? Yeah. Oh, yeah. They were profit. They maybe were this is what brings uh, users to Stargaze. There were a couple hundred. At Wait, maybe this is what brings users to Adam. Maybe, uh, maybe this is our kickoff, boys. <laughs> this, is, this is it. This is it. This is it. Cancel, <laughs> cancel Adam 2.0. Yeah, I mean, I think I think bad kids are the like unequivocally the kind of blue chip. They, they, it started off as like a joke and a meme, like to go around at, um, in Prague or whatever and just talk about how bad kids were blue chip, and then it has gradually become true. I mean, this is no worse than anything else, right? I feel <laughs> I feel not? like it, yeah. I'm I'm told the crinkle paper is like a hot a hot uh you know background the crinkle paper. You seem to know a lot of, a lot more about the bad kids than I do. I just like blindly minted one and it had a really round football head like in um oh, and I was oh. like, "Oh, that's kind of weird." All What's right. What's the crinkle paper? And, oh, oh interesting. When I was scrolling through Twitter this morning at 4 a.m., I was like just abused with bad kids content everywhere. Don Crypto, I think Don Cryptomius is single-handedly like pumping it, just pumping it, just going hard on. Uh... I think what well, doesn't Don <laughs> Don has loads, doesn't he? And I think his one might might be a custom one. Sure, he's literally got hundreds. I think. There's, well, there's 500. How many other? There's 10,000 total. 511 for sale. Yeah, 9,000 floor right now. The hell? All right, I'm putting all these up for sale. Jesus Christ. Who is making these? Uh... What? Yeah, never mind. I have one crinkle background. Am I rich? Maybe. Just put it up for like 30,000. See what happens. For tomorrow. Yeah. You saw there you heard it here first. Rama, Rama's got the knowledge. Apparently, Don owes 100, owns 100 of them. <laughs> You're all paying. <laughs> Do the next, do the next, do his next comment. You're, you're all pumping his bags. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's move on. City on 40 uh, G's. 40 G's. We need, we need Don to come on and talk about the bad kids price action since he's obviously the, the, the genius behind it all. But, um, 
Wait, make- Rama, have, have you done the math? Is he sitting on 40K USD with his bad kids collection? I'm pretty sure he could like tank the price then. Is that, does that make him more responsible from a child labor perspective or what? Is it more ownership of the child he's labor? He's made 40 grand off the back of seven-year-olds. <laughs> have you ever seen the film Road to Perdition, Usurper? Um, the, no. There's a line where, oh, what's the name of the... That, uh, yeah, much older actor anyway because it's, it's a young younger tom hanks right and um what's his name the much older actor whose name escapes me i'll no doubt remember it after the show um he, he says to he says to him uh this is the life we've cho- chosen it's the life we lead there's only one guarantee none of us will see heaven <laughs> what what did my bad kids <laughs> is that in the movie too is it jude law is that you're thinking of that was that was He's trying to. He's. It's yeah. They're trying to. It's trying to explain something to Tom Hanks. I think about because it, it kicks off because his son sees. I have um, seen this movie actually. Now that I see, see the cover, he sees the the son of the mob boss kill a made man. I think that's it, isn't it? And and obviously you can't do that. So then the son has to die because he's the witness, and so it's Tom Hanks pleading for his son's life. He's saying, "Oh, you know, this, this is the life we live in. This life." And he's like, "No, no, my." You know, and he's he's trying to kind of argue for his son's life or whatever. But anyway, bad kids. kids. I think guys, do we get uh, do we get you know demonetized or DMC eight or whatever the fuck it is when we play shit off YouTube? Yeah, Uh, yeah. What if we're not monetized anyway? So they they can't. (laughs) Well, they can take away our marketing. (laughs) (laughs) They can take away our marketing budget and our mass. We're not even monetized on YouTube. I don't think we even click that button. So I I think what actually happens is when we get a copyright strike. The original copyright provider, if they're monetized, get to play ads on our video. So if you ever see an ad on a Game of Nodes Nodes video, it probably means that we screwed up somewhere and got demonetized. But because we don't monetize, it just means somebody else is monetizing us. (laughs) (laughs) At least somebody's story of crypto, right? (laughs) At least somebody's making money off this podcast. (laughs) So, all right. So, if there's an ad, we've been given a strike, and now someone's like making bank off our fucking two views. So, you would say, like, this video is owned by Warner Music or something, and we'll be like, uh, good one. So, as we get monetization, we just stop doing the stream because we've sold out. Rama says, as soon as you swear, you lose monetization. Oh, right. So, that's oh, we're fucked. Oh, that's not true. Is that true? Because we fucking, yeah, I listen to a lot of YouTube videos that are swearing and shit. Yeah, but they're probably making money through sponsorships or something, Patreon or something. Yeah. I mean, hey, um, soon in that Hal case, Pay, so we can be on HalPay and get a fucking CW20 in exchange for all of our hard work. HalPay. Oh, uh, ooh. Um, um, <laughs> yeah. So a different avenue for our bullshit. Uh, yeah. Usurper has made a great suggestion for another Australian movie I'd like to watch the trailer for. Please. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, since we're demonetized anyway, fuck it. Go for it. Fuck what? it. Uh, so, I mean, he doesn't even know that he's made this suggestion. But I do I not know I've made suggestion. I saw it. She was alone. They were renegades. She became the target of their savage hunt. She was fair game.
Oh, wow. Oh, wow. <laughs> we weren't already demonetized. We are now. <laughs> I mean, this kind of looks like it's sort of the entire film. This looks like the whole movie. They yeah. pay the price. Fair game. Well, I think I know exactly let, how let, that one's going to pass let's, out. Let's go back to my Australian movie checklist. Number one, everybody's sweating. They're all sweating in that movie. Number two, <laughs> everything looks yellow. <laughs> Number three, there's weird dead animals. All, yeah. all the boxes are checked. And, uh, you know, that that voiceover couldn't have been any more was, Australian. It was totally perfect. <laughs> yeah. Weirdly, weirdly menacing bogans turn out to actually be menacing. So the, the the description of it's hilarious because it's like a young woman running a wildlife sanctuary in Australia outback is in trouble is is in for trouble when she is confronted by three kangaroo hunters. <laughs> playing two up kangaroo hunters. Playing two up out in the middle of the outback. <laughs> Bored with killing kangaroos, they decide to kill the animals in the sanctuary. And then when they see how attractive the owner is, they decide to have a little fun with her too. Turns out they may get a bit more fun than they bargained for. It got hard to read the last bit because my eyes were welling up with water as I was laughing. <laughs> it's like the same three or four topics, just like with different, like different in structure. Yeah, Played two up killing kangaroos. I mean, I'm excited. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't know that that uh, trailer was going to be so explicit. Well, so far in this episode, we've talked about child labor, we've swore, and we've shown nudity in the first like eighteen minutes. We did we actually talk about Eddie Cosmos stuff yet? Bad kids. Well, it's clear that if we ever want to get monetized, we're going to have to go back and delete the first year of uh, episodes. (laughs) Yeah, that's that's gonna be a real problem. So we we've got some we've got some we've got some we've got some actual Cosmos bits we can talk about as well. More Cosmos bits. We've already talked about bad kids for like ages. (laughs) We did. Pumping bags. Yeah, so I also have, well, if we're doing the movie section, right, I have a fact about Heat that I found out the other day. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. What? So we're talking so, about the Heat, like the classic random heat De Niro fact. and well, uh, Pacino we, movie. We, yes. you know, there's also Michael the meme Mann. about Heat facts as well. There's like the, you know, the meme about Heat facts is that everybody nope. comments on a clip of Heat about how great some fact of Heat is. And here's their little fact about why Heat is objectively good by using a fact. And it's like a whole like mini, I guess, kind of like millennial Zuma meme about heat, like okay. about ironically being like, oh, and did you know like the gunplay is so good that they actually train U.S. Marines in it? Where you basically take a fact <laughs> that is it, a fact that is based on something vaguely adjacent to truth, which is that they used military advisors to train them to do the roll and cover thing, and it was once used, I think to show recruits oh this is actually how you do rolling cover or whatever uh like bounding cover i think is the term okay right so you take you take kind of like a fact and then you exaggerate it ridiculously and then you post it on every video of heat you can find and that's why the heat youtube video comment sections are just like progressively more and more outlandish where somebody's just like yeah my my father was in vietnam and he says this is actually more realistic than (laughs) any movie about vietnam to show what um, war is like and stuff and uh-huh. they're just like it's just people trying to one-up each other about how amazing heat is but with like completely made up facts um 
So what's your what's your made up fact then? This is actually a real fact. Um, <laughs> Unlike those other ones. This which one. is, you know, so you know the scene out, uh, outside the bank, like you know the way the sound design is really fucked and it's like every everything is at like this level and as soon as a gun fires, it's like at this level. Yeah, and it's, with it's the high like reverb because you're in the city and all that stuff, yeah. Yeah, it's almost like they haven't mixed it at all and it's just like most movie sound design is not like that. It's more one level, whereas heat is they just so it. Yeah. explosive. Yeah, like mm-hmm. it's just, it's like, by the end of that scene, you're exhausted and kind of freaked out by the level of the gunfire. It's way over the top, right? Like it's yeah, yeah. Me- it's meant to shock. Like it's meant to bring some realistic to this. It's, it's, a, it's an accident. Situation. Is it? It's an accident. How could that so be an accident? How could they, they go through they, all that well, production? So into an accident? They filmed. They filmed it with, uh, like, obviously Mike's on location, mm-hmm. and that's the sound of the blanks, obviously ricocheting between the buildings. Yeah, and the sound designs were like obviously we'll replace this in post like because it's just so over the top and we need control in order to be able to actually hear the lines of dialogue but they when they did the overdub of the control gunfire they just didn't they couldn't make it like gel in the right way and in the end they basically ran i think they ran out of time or something and so they just went and and basically i think michael mann was the one who was still pushing to do to, to fix the overdub and yeah. the rest of the production team were like this is fucking awesome like <laughs> why would you touch is, it this is actually pretty good yeah, like yeah. just overdub the dialogue and then let's move on and i think eventually they basically won him over because they'd run out of time um and it's it's what but it's why the volume levels are so completely out of whack throughout that entire scene and it's why it's so impressive to listen to um because it's it's kind of not meant to to be palatable to an audience because they didn't have time to make it that way is, is what I understand anyway. Um, so not so much an accident as a, a happy accident, maybe. a happy, a happy accident. Yeah. And there's also the other one I heard about that was the, they hadn't prepared all of the actors and uh, especially some of the extras for how loud it would uh-huh. be when they were shooting blanks in like an enclosed space between two skyscrapers. Mm-hmm. And so some of the bits where, where they first start opening fire and all the extras who are playing the cops go like, uh, and stuff like some of that is just people going like, fuck, just, what is that? It's fucking loud. Um, yeah. Apparently the bit where they all flinch in the car when they start firing is again, because nobody told them how loud it would be to fire even <laughs> <Like> blanks <laughs> inside the car. <laughs> they thought that like the wheels would burst or something. They're like, oh. I mean, that is that, that part right there when they're, when they're actually getting the car and they're shooting out through the front, through the windshield and everything is by far the loudest part in the movie. Right. Like that is, it's crazy. Yeah. Cause I think the boom mic operator is like sat next to Val Kilmer like this. Just holding in there in the car. <laughs> so like, I, must, I have a, I have mouth. a random story about loud noises. Um, so the other day I was out in my caravan, right? In the middle of nowhere. And, and some kangaroo hunters. No, I was, I was near <laughs> it. Like my caravan was on a property where the guy, there's this uh, wild pig that's just been tearing up the bottom paddock, right? And so there's people being out like trying to catch the bloody thing for weeks. And anyway, so one it's day- like a uh, charming rapscallion Disney film where the, the pig has like a life of its own. It's got, friends a, it's and, got a, a rat as a friend. Yeah, it's like, oh, no, no, no. <laughs> so anyway, I was, I was doing some work and then I thought them rascal- rascally blood this is at night time or like in the afternoon not not quite night and i thought the rascally bloody uh you know hunters were out trying to get that pig and i heard these loud bangs i'm like oh i thought it was you know like a 30 30 or something like a big gun like a rifle and um, i was like oh they must have got that that pig they've been trying to get shooting at it and um anyway so i was talking to the property owner later on in the day and he's like no my my bobcat caught on fire and there was the uh the tires exploding <laughs> oh shit it was fucking loud 
<laughs> Literally sounded like someone was like letting off bombs in the valley. And uh, yeah, anyway, so he's, he's um, I don't know if you know what a bobcat is. It's just like a thing with four wheels and a bucket on the front runs around. Yeah. Like, skid um, loader, right? Construction equipment. Yeah, skid loader. Just yeah. caught on fire and exploding tires. And I went down and looked at it. It was completely burnt out. <laughs> How did Holy it shit. Caught, catch on fire? Was it well insured? Lack of maintenance? No, no. So then- um, <laughs> Management oversight. <laughs> so he's like, well, I'm going to have to get a new one and I'm not going to pay like $100,000 for a skid steer. So he bought a Chinese one uh, on the okay. internet and miraculously it did actually show up and it was a real skid steer. So For a while. No, it works just fine. Oh, I thought that was the one that burned. No, no, no. That was oh, the, the other one, the old one, the oh. old one. So the new one's got like, you know, AC. I had a drive of it. It's pretty cool. It's nice. Yeah, it works. <laughs> you, live, you live a fascinating life. It this operates. guy just like, it just is wild. Like, the, you know, like I live in a country where between two major cities, you can ride a bike because they're never that far apart. There is nothing <laughs> in the UK that you cannot ride a bike. Like I, I was down in the South of England visiting some friends and they looked like there was a train strike and I had my bike with me and I was like, oh, worst case scenario, I've got my rucksack. I've got my laptop. It's only 180 kilometers. There's only like seven hours on in the saddle. <laughs> like there's not... There's, there's, there's just nowhere in this country that is that far away in the grand scheme of things. And like the idea that you just like, oh, yeah, just like in the valley, there was on the property, somebody had a thing <laughs> that blew up. I You're live in a like, country where you have to drive to the fucking mailbox, bro. <laughs> <laughs> this is mad. It's just like, it's yeah. I mean, it's, it's like when I, I went across America on the train and I remember thinking like between Chicago and denver there's that whole patch where you kind of get past uh the, you get past that little town where radar o'reilly is from in mash um, <laughs> he's from oh, yeah. uh isn't he from like a, a Tom, sioux falls a oh i don't know i'll look it up though it's just i did know that this, this is a good piece of 80s trivia that it, I should it's know. not long after you cross the mississippi um it's not from, from memory Lewis, right? he's not like like autumnity autumnity or something like that I'll look it up while you're talking. Um, but basically, there's not much that happens after that. Is what you're saying? Yeah, it's just it's very odd, isn't it? Like there's just like kind of it's like kind of grain for a while, and then sort of feedlots, and then uh-huh. like nothing. Yeah, and then Denver, and then the rock, <laughs> and, <you're laughs> and, like, and then mountains. Yeah, it's the plains. Yeah, and you're like, and and then you enter Denver, and there's like these plaques saying like, "Oh, the border with Mexico was here in like 1830 or whatever," and you're like, "Huh, we really are a long way away from New York now." <laughs> Like, yeah, America's Absolutely. a weird place. I think you have to go across it in a very slow mean of tr- modes of transportation to really understand anything about the country. You know, when somebody, when you just spent an, a day on a train getting from Chicago to Denver, you then read a thing saying about how it took like some soldiers or whatever a week to ride from mm-hmm. the nearest garrison to Denver. And you're like, I could buy that. I could buy that. Yep. <laughs> I can see it take fucking ages in olden times. Yep. Okay. Uh, I mean, it's a it's a big country and like any other big country, it seems like it's even though there's geo like there's political borders and state lines and everything else, it's totally different sets of people, right? Like West Coast, East Coast, the South, different parts of the South, like like anywhere else, right? It's sure the same thing happens in in England as well, right? Or in Australia. Like there's just different sets of people based on based on region here. Um, 
there's it's a big region, right? So you have yeah. you have some nah, really man. wild. We, we don't no, we don't differ, differ that much with region. No? Like Australians are like pretty consistent across most We're of the just maybe, a bunch of Good old cunts. <laughs> maybe inner city um, Australians are a little bit fucking weird, but you get out in the country and we're all like a little all, bit more normal. Like the outer suburbs of the cities and the country folk are like, you know, yeah. pretty normal. Um, normal like people. the movies we've been watching, that type of normal? Or like, is that is that like, what was that one we were just talking about? Fair uh, game. Fair game. Fair game. Yeah. yeah okay. Everybody, everybody, that's that's homework on everybody's list for next week <laughs> so, man it's, I, I've got like crypto some some work to do today and then I'm just gonna start shoving beer down my face and watching movies this afternoon nice I've been away from home for so long um, and I've been away from like where I was staying for the last two weeks was like three hours away round trip to go to a shop oh. and so I have haven't had any beer in like two weeks and so as <laughs> Basically, as soon as I walked through the door yesterday, I discovered there was beer in my fridge, <laughs> and I just started shoving it down my head. I'm like, I forgot I what you tasted you. like. Good lord, I missed you so me. much. <laughs> uh, I don't have a fridge at the moment because we're knocking down a wall, um, and the fridge was in the way of knocking down the wall. So it's barely food, let alone beer. What the fuck, man? I have a fridge everywhere. I got a fridge there. I even got a fridge in my car. There's <laughs> a fridge under his desk. <laughs> There's a fridge yeah. in the caravan. There's a fridge oh, in the car. Obvious, well, There's a fridge on the way to the fridge. Apparently, I'm doing life wrong. Thank you. Um, yeah. yeah I, mean, I can go to the pub and, and get Guinness if I want. It's pretty easy. Anyway, um, so. We have topics, right? We should talk about those. We have topics. So, oh, okay. um, do you want to talk about the the, the DPS <laughs> du jour, the, the Jaquan? <laughs> Jaquan. I mean, the, go back. Jaquan. 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 If we're gonna talk, if we're gonna Jaquan. talk about, if we're gonna talk about the subject, Jaquan. this is the episode to do it because we're already sh- deep in the hole here with our other topic. So, sure, bring it up. Yeah, I mean, there. Well, I think, I think the the first thing to say is there's obviously a lot going on there um, for a guy that I believe I'm correct in saying he once changed his name, maybe not legally, but changed his name or asked people to refer to him as Jesus Stein. <laughs> Is that true? And who is that the right wrote a, who wrote uh, who wrote a, a, a weird Twitter thread yesterday or the day before where he signed it off as Quan J East in reference to <laughs> Kanye West. Um, <laughs> yeah, Quan J East. So, um, okay. So I, I should say, you know, with a, with with a little bit of a responsible hat on here, I did once upon a time work in mental health, and if um, you are having a, I feel like I have to say this, and this is totally insane, but if you have, if you think you're having a severe mental health crisis or in particular a psychotic episode, you should seek help from a mental professional or reach out to somebody you know and trust because that shit is actually really dangerous for you and the people around you, and you should do it. Yes. Um, and with that said. So, yeah, Jay yeah. appears to be having a, a pretty public psychotic episode, which is um, pretty wild. And you kind of, there's, I know, I think we've talked before about like how there is some stuff obviously public about what happened with Tendermint back in the day and all that kind of stuff. And I think we're now getting like a really public there, taste of that, right? Were those similar? Um, is this Jay Quan's Twitter? Uh, Twitter uh, avatar. What is happening here? 
know. I don't know. But <laughs> I don't know, like, but I don't, I don't want to zoom in. Not the fucking foggiest. <laughs> what is going on with that? Like, that's, make, uh, please that's, make it stop. <laughs> that's unique. That's, <laughs> make it stop. Yeah. Uh, I mean, just look at the Twitter bio. I think that actually kind of. Yeah. Um, everyone is well uh, invited to the No World Order, No Land, founder of Cosmos Intendament, never sold his soul, no financial advice. Okay. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyway. Uh, Jay's been posting some pretty strange stuff, and then what happened? I think today the, the kind of the escalation, if, it, if you like, was that uh, Jacob G from Notional posted um, a fork, I think, of the Nolan documentation or something like that that had been sent to him a while ago, um, like an old fork of it or something like that. He kept around, and it's just got like a whole folder of like essentially it's kind of like title like research like i haven't very it says there's like a weird really weird little readme that says like i haven't been through and checked everything here but food for thought <laughs> and a lot of it's very like off the deep end conspiracy theory type like oh who's running the world type type stuff and it's all a bit nod and a wink yeah it's, it's it's one of those where it's like i mean it is literally what people say when they say dog whistle right where it's yeah. it's you you say a lot but you never say it out loud you, you never say the quiet bit out loud right? right and it's very nod and a whistle kind of anti-semitic is kind of the implication there right um there's the quiet, also, never say the quiet bit out loud what does that what does that mean like the, the that means that means you use Twenty-five thousand words to try to say six words, right? Like yeah, you, you in, build, you build an argument where in your head you you kind of connect the dots over and over and over and over, but you just don't come out and say say what you want to say, basically. Yeah, mm. exactly. Yeah. So it's 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 like a common like it's quite a common thing when somebody when somebody just like in the public eye says something really like fucking bad, people say, "Oh, like oh, they're saying they're saying the quiet bit out loud," right? Um, oh yeah right i get you yeah exactly they're like it's the thing that was in their head and it just comes out of their mouth and you're like oh right yeah you are a racist okay cool but yeah there's also a couple of there's a couple of almost more bizarre things which are like there's a couple of essays at the kind of the top the root of the folder and one of them is like um like if you read it and you didn't go, okay, this is somebody who is having like a bit of a mental health emergency. I would be very surprised um, where it's kind of like equating essentially the, the problems inherent in Byzantine fault tolerant uh, message passing to like the second coming or something. It was very long and it's very, yeah. So anyway, that's, that's all kicking off again. That's um, fun. Jay is, Jay is, Jay has come back around I guess the last time was with that atom prop. Um, and kudos to Jacob. Uh, it was pretty smart just to hit fork. <laughs> just, it's going to take a copy of this in time so it doesn't get lost and buried. I'm just going to take a little fork of this crazy rambling because that happened a while ago, right? Didn't he fork it off a while ago when he saw it originally? I think. So yeah, something like that. I'm yeah. not. I'm not clear on the title. I mean, yeah. th the drama is like kind of in the same way that like something on fire is kind of like oddly compelling it's you're like oh, okay yeah. you're also just like equally don't want it like too close to me and uh, i think you mentioned this on we were talking about this before when you mentioned this on channel but um i also thought 
just kudos to Jacob because I think he wasn't he he brought forward the information he wanted to bring forward, but he wasn't judging about it, and he was I thought quite level headed around. Hey, this is take a look. Like he, he wasn't I thought he, I thought he brought it up the right way. Yeah, and and I think and he got a lot of a lot of flack from it from what kind of looked a little bit like sock pocket set sock puppet accounts and and yeah. stuff and you're kind of like mm. yeah well it turns into like oh you're bringing this up for some sort of reason versus actually reading what what's being linked but yeah but, yeah i think it's I, I like i guess the thing is it's like it's i th- i'm going to go out on a limb and i'm going to say that without being judgmental about where jay is at and whether mm-hmm. and like whether or not presumably some of his personal views align with let's say my worldview probably not mm-hmm. but like mental health emergency aside difference in opinions aside i also think that it's a pretty well held view among builders in cosmos that the ecosystem would be the ecosystem is taken more seriously the further jaquan is sort of from it at this point mm-hmm. i think like thank you for bft uh th- thank you for for, for tendermint bft but yeah you yeah. know um it's because <laughs> it's not even about like the professionalism and stuff like that or vcs or any of the other stuff the arguments they're throwing around i think it's just like a lot of us want to get on with like building useful stuff and like a lot it's there's a, drama and there's drama like a distraction you know? right yeah yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. Um, but yes, yeah, so that's the that's the Jaquan drama du jour. Du jour. It was more fun when we put it in notes. <laughs> Actually talking about it, like, all right, this is kind of serious. Yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly. Yeah. Um, we got oh, we got some got some comments as well about it as well. So Highlander, friend of the show, says, "I said to JG to be silent today, but he was pissed off. That's the end of that. Not sure it should be all over Twitter." Yeah, I mean to be fair, Highlander, not sure it should be all over Twitter. Right. Is basically <laughs> the beginning and end of what should be happening here with all this. It's like yeah. I think you'll notice that he did say Twitter. <laughs> I did. I was gonna call that because he's right. <laughs> you pronounced it wrong, Frey. Very good. Yes. Yes. Just we you use like, the incorrect enunciation. The Twitter. We do like do like a pun. Do like a pun. Um and uh, cause less harm says, I don't know that Jacob calling Jay a Nazi is necessarily a good look. So I guess that is the one that's maybe the one bit where Jacob was not totally um level headed. Yeah. But so what else have we got on our list today? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, so I, I was the, I will say only one thing on that, right? Which is that it's very, very. It, it you need to be very, very careful when you call somebody a Nazi. But I will also say that there are plenty of people that leverage the fact that it is basically impossible to call somebody a Nazi because it's really hard to prove to get away with being a Nazi. So, do I think Jay's a Nazi? Don't I don't really have an opinion to judge, and I certainly wouldn't call him that publicly because there isn't enough material to judge. Do I think he may be anti-Semitic? Yes. Mm-hmm. And that that seems at the very at the very least, it seems that he leans that way or is very very receptive to those ideas. If he's collecting a folder of 
anti-Semitic propaganda <laughs> for, and disseminating it to other people. I mean, that seems like the definition of anti-Semitic to me. Um, and if you look at, go look at the commit history. Cause I was like, is this like one rambling over one night? And no, it's like, it's weeks of commits. Like he goes back and re-edits and re-edits and adds and re-edits. Like, this is not like a, this is not like so I woke up at 3 a.m. and just fucking like it was, it's a curation. That's the right it's word. It's kind of it. also fascinating here that you can use Git to reconstruct it as well. To <laughs> exactly. Like, so that you get not only like the yep. state of history at the point it was shared, but you can also see the pattern of behavior running up to it as well. To be like, this is not like a one off thing. This is like an obsessive curation of a corpus of related material. Not only that, but it's like, it's a, it's a mental health. Uh, it's actually helpful to kind of see how not being a professional, but you could see like kind of like where you could see the history of like kind of where the thoughts were going right over time. I would think that would be helpful for some actually. Yeah. I, I like I, that he yeah, did it. I'm, I'm not a mental health professional in any way. I just, Neither. I worked in hospital. I worked in a records department, which meant I've had to file away a lot of material. And like, so I came into contact with a lot of stuff that was like, this person was arrested in the streets because they were in like having a mental health emergency and they were carrying this handwritten essay on them. Hmm. Like you only have to see one of those things in your life to then recognize the pattern for the rest of your life. You know, it has a particular, like people who are caught in the street with a bed sheet around them saying that they're the second coming of Christ. They always pretty much say the same thing. Yeah. Is what I learned from that job. <laughs> so I did want to point out that, um, in commit number 200, DAC1, he did delete the DS store. Good job. Good job. <laughs> Use Fred, don't let Fred's keep the DS store file in there. Did he add it to the Gignor? The Gignor. <laughs> you delete the, the, the DS store. That's a, We've all committed a DS store file, right? But then you got to add it to the Gignor. So you got to add it. Runs. It's got to be in there. It's got to be in there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I reckon that's probably the most consistent commit I've ever made in my career. I'm looking it's at one right like, now. Yeah. Commit it's be one. In there. <laughs> I'll take the it ignore. Yeah. Cosmos and SDK? Cosmos and SDK? This is pretty exciting. So you you know what it is, right? No. So it's it's more of a situation. <laughs> so, you know, building something similar to T-grade, presumably where you can uh, add and remove basically modules of Cosmosm. Yeah? Um, yeah, it goes a bit further in that it's more like re-implementing the SDK as Cosmosm contracts. So you'd have, so you know at the moment you have Tendermint, which is like the consensus engine, mm -hmm. and then you have the SDK, which talks via ABCI to Tendermint. And then the the SDK is like your application layer, and then you build on top of the application layer. The idea of this is like there's kind of a thin shim to talk to Tendermint via ABCI, and then it's basically a Cosmosm VM. And that's that's like it. Um, and then you you throw your contracts. You have like a base set of contracts that you throw. Excuse me, at the VM, which would be like bank staking. Gov distribution. What what handles consensus though? Is it is it rebuilding the consensus engine around still a module, right? No, a tend module. Tendermint. So Tendermint Rust, I think, is the consensus oh, okay. engine. 
So you talk via ABCI to Tendermint from okay. like a thin layer, basically, um, underneath the, the VM, essentially. Explain so the, ABCI. The application blockchain interface null is the key building block in how the Cosmos SDK or any other SDK built on top of Tendermint could leverage uh, Byzant Tendermint Byzantine fault tolerance to build the more expressive developer toolkits for, for creating blockchain <laughs> applications. Sounds like it's from the manual. Did you, did you, you be memorizing that? manuals? <laughs> Not quite, but um, I have written a few in my time, I guess. Um, so, so is Tendermint, but the that Tendermint piece today is in Go, is that right? In the current binaries? Go and Rust. Is it in both? In the yeah. in what we run today, like in, even in a Juno binary Everybody or something like that? Everybody pretty much runs Go, except okay. for Penumbra. And Penumbra? there's also IBCRS. Actually, no, wait, no, Penumbra don't even use Tendermint, do they? They use IBC, but they don't use Tendermint. Mm. Oh, yeah, that's right. We were talking about that last week. Yeah. Or do they use Tendermint, but they don't use... Mm, no, they, wrote... they don't use Tendermint because they use UTXOs, don't they? This is why we need Henry on the show. I the need to really UTXO? get that. Her, her Numbra or Numbra? Penumbra. 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 And Nomic is a totally different stack as well. Um, I that's think all Rust-based, right? That's they rewrote. I want to say Nomic is Tendermint Rust, but yeah. they have their whole. They have this whole thing underneath called Augur, which is like right. their state. Um, they they have like their implementation of like essentially the the store. So under the hood, uh, you know, there's like RocksDB, um, mm -hmm. Pebble, Pebble. And stuff. They're basically all just like key value stores, aren't they? So. Um, you need a representation to save, like serialize and save um, okay. to the database to represent state, right? Um, that's what the store abstraction is. So that's whenever you see IAVL, which I'm sure you've seen in dependencies, yep. a lot seen problems with, mm -hmm. was involved in the recent hack, IAVL, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. yep. um, that's like that representation, essentially. Um, and like, obviously, I don't fully, perfectly understand this stuff. So if anybody wants to correct me then uh please do but and what um, does iavl stand for asking for a friend something avl so avl is the oh, uh, representation of the tree and then i i, I avl what is the i <laughs> so somebody have to tell google it and, and tell me what i'm missing but um in is that I, is I, that is that kind of a caching layer? That's a caching layer. Of some interactive. Sort of okay, I'm just going to throw out a word that begins with I, and I might be wrong. Interactive <laughs> AVL. There That's we go. Good enough. Probably not correct, but <laughs> um, yeah. So, so IAVL is like is like that that implementation of the a a a AVL um, tree, and then there's like there's like Merck RS, which is the one used by Augur, which is Nomic, and so the, okay. the bit of um, I can't remember why we're talking about this now. So, so the point is, anyway, there there is a bunch of chunks of the of the that make up a blockchain, right? Mm -hmm. In in Cosmos, yep. there's right at the bottom Tendermint. That's consensus. So that's just the validators all talking to each other um, and coming to a consensus about what the correct state is. And then there's the actual application on top that decides what to do with the. Keep going. Yeah, there you go. Don't let the don't let the comment distract. Thank you, Dan. That is a very concise and <laughs> shiny thing. Shiny thing. Yeah. So I'm trying to do like the the, the hands thing. It does. It's like yeah. This is this is actually uh -huh. like this is a much more concise explanation of, of what's going on. So the point is that basically like the storage 
yes. is separated from the consensus engine. That's like okay. the big idea in yeah. Tendermint is that you could replace Tendermint in theory with like Narwhal or Hot Stuff or a, like a different um, consensus engine. Right. In or, uh, but still basically save the data you want developed with an application that's kind of built on top of that in a different way. Right. Okay. Um, so CWSDK is basically keep Tendermint over here, Tendermint RS, and re-implement the application stack bit so that you're not... So, like, obviously, Cosmoism is already Rust. Right. And then there's, like, a shim around it, which is Go, like the Go bindings, the F the FFI bit. Um, and then on top of the Go bindings, you write Rust again. Um, and then you compile that down to Wasm and send it through all the Go bindings to the Rust bit which runs it well ultimately the vm runs it right so the the cw sdk stack is like a bit different and it's kind of like basically vm then rust bindings then rust which compiles to cosmism um okay. so ostensibly you get that kind of more coherent experience as a developer if you understand those pieces um it's more than a developer it's more than a developer experience benefit though right i getting rid of go and is it is that a safety thing is it a speed component area is it like is it all those or no is it i think until you until, or... until you benchmarked it i i wouldn't say that i wouldn't guarantee there's gonna be any speed up i would have thought if anything the if i had to guess the wasm would be but then i would have guessed the wasm would be slower than go but mm -hmm. then we're not leveraging any of the concurrency of go so actually maybe it's not dissimilar in speed Okay. Um, Frey, explain to me like I'm, I don't know, 12, 12 or 13. 14. Bad kid. 14, yeah. Um, <laughs> end blockers. What about them? <laughs> well, that wasn't a very good explanation. Like, okay, well, so, so, Start so over. an end blocker, right? So there's, there's a number of things that, that are involved in like building a block, right? And the way that's modeled, um, there's kind of like a. Let's see, we're going. We have to. We're, we're, this is almost like I'm having to rewrite the documentation from scratch on the fly, isn't it? But there's the begin blocker, which is like a, a set of instructions, and then there's uh, there's like a, a set. You basically branch the state of the world, and then in one set, you basically apply a bunch of transactions, do a bunch of stuff, validate a bunch of stuff, and then when you're happy with that. You then do a thing called deliver TX, which basically says, okay, here's my state of the world that's not yet happened. I want to make that the state of the world and uh, basically switch that in, like branch, kind of like we have two branching universes and then we like say, okay, we want we want the right fork and we we pick one of those and that's that's a block. And then the end blocker is once we've finalized everything else, the end blocker is like uh, further actions you can take. So there are like several steps in the flow of um, if you had like a flow chart of what happens while creating a block in, in the cosmos SDK, you'd have like, I think in this order, anti-handler begin blocker, then all of the TX wrangling de deliver TX and then the end blocker. So you can do the reason the end blocker is significant is that things like who is currently in the validator set are essentially like callbacks or hooks um in the end blocker because like if you 
if something happens in that block, like um, like a double sign, then the end blocker, I think, is the point at which you re you would actually resolve that and say this validator is no longer in the val set. You're um, down like Mo. <laughs> yeah, you're down like Mo. And so <laughs> the the end blocker <laughs> is quite important in terms of like it's specifically quite um quite powerful um <laughs> in terms of like the extra functionality you can get from it from those things in the sdk like they're really kind of important to that transaction flow and currently cosmwasm obviously works at a completely higher level of abstraction to that so the reason that t grade is interesting is that they obviously have they have extensions of the sdk that they can call into uh, so proof of engagement dynamically changes the validator set based on actions that are taken in smart contracts. And that's really interesting because they could update the validator set on the fly from smart contract outputs. Um, at, at the end blocker. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, okay, it's actually on my... So I'm, I'm on my desktop right now, so I actually don't have the file up. I was literally today looking at the um, the code in the proof of, the proof of engagement contracts that um uh can modify the vowel set um it's really interesting actually like i don't fully i don't pretend to fully understand it obviously people were working on it for a very long time and it's like you like anything where you jump into a big code base and you're like it's like opening a book halfway but all the pages after the one you're on have been ripped out and all the pages before the one you're on have been ripped out you're just like this looks really well written and then you like look either side and you're like, okay, well, this is going to take some understanding. Uh, why is Sherlock Holmes on top of a building? Actually, no, wait, be why is Sherlock Holmes at the Reichenbach Falls? Um, what? <laughs> it wasn't a question. I was. It's was a, a <laughs> It's a literary allusion to like, how do you reconstruct how we got here and what will happen next? Although obviously it was a trick question because. Sorry, you pointed at me. I was just confused for a second. I mean, I thought I had made a literary illusion that was quite. There was a bit of a joke, and it's this fun. It's kind of fun. <laughs> it's all right. It's all right. Um, don't worry about it. I'm really, dis I'm really disappointed. You, you, you mentioned the down like Mo, and then you didn't do the. Tombstone, no way. <laughs> like. <laughs> <laughs> that shit took literally minutes to make literally minutes to make and we've got to get we've got to get our money's worth from it um there needs to be a weekly recurrence of that for at least two years they're well, in the he's in the they're in the news again right because they were shit talking this this week yeah, oh i don't know there was just there was just some some post about like kuji uh kuji shillers and it was a bit like that's oh that's rich. all it was that's right yeah <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I think it was just something we saw. It was a bit like, well, you're kind of like an Evmo Schiller, I guess, or whatever, or were an Evmo Schiller until, you know. <clears throat> yeah. So, yep. you yep. know. But actually, I had an interesting, I had a question about Kuji because because uh, I've obviously been digging in a bunch of SDK code bases this week, finalizing some stuff for Juno. Um, I was thinking about, I was thinking about Kujira, as you do. Um, <laughs> they're in... <laughs> Was, was the Bob Dylan line? I've been thinking about the government. Um, <laughs> I've been thinking about Kajira. Um, As he did. I mean, Kajira and the government are like pretty, you know, <laughs> they're all cops. Apart. Yeah, they're, they're not all, cops. They're all cops. Sorry. <laughs> they're not cops. Uh, although Code Hands 
didn't come on the show and we told yeah. him he couldn't wear it. We had, we had to inspect under his shirt to see if he was wearing a wire. And he was like, nah, I got, I got, I got other things to do. <laughs> Maybe he is a cop. Yeah. I, I hear the wife calling. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Cop confirmed. What had you said? <laughs> like if you say you're not wearing a wire, that's how we know you're wearing a wire. Mm-hmm. No, it's how Although, you know I'm not wearing a wire. When I, I mean, say I'm not wearing a wire, it's how you know I'm not wearing a wire. Well, to be fair, we are also broadcasting this on the internet. So I mean, Maybe we're the cops. Maybe. Uh, anyway, so I was thinking about Kajira. <laughs> you guys both you guys both validate Kajira, right? No, we do not. You don't validate Kajira? We we didn't make the that's why I went code hands on here, because we were like they took the top seventy they're gonna take top hundred validators out of test net. And I think they cut the list at seventy five, right? Or fifty. You were like seventy six. We were literally like the next one. Yeah, we were like Oh right man, there. I was like I thought I you were in the And then I lost and I was like, Well fuck that. I, I do like that project though. I do I do I think great development team. They move fast. I like I do like I think it that. is fucking bold as shit that they're just like fuck inflation. I I, love I, it. I mean the I love whole it. That was what I wanted to talk about. Is yeah. that I hadn't because yeah. I did we didn't do the we didn't do the um the test net because you know, too busy fucking putting out fires as usual here, there and everywhere. Um but yeah, it was literally because we, we, I think we got like one commit in their code base or something just to do something to one of the ad, anti-handlers that we spotted. And that's how I originally got talking to code hands. And I, I had like this realization yesterday or the day before or something like that, where I was just like, I don't fucking see any minting schedule in their code base. And like, you know, this was like months ago. So like, I don't know how it took four months to kind of go through my mm-hmm. subconscious. And I literally like stopped what I was doing got my laptop <laughs> went to their github it was like hey their inflation schedule is really different to everybody else's and then i suddenly remembered like i think one of you we must be you now had said oh yeah it's like really weird like how you are going to make money or not make money as a validator from kajira and then i was like had this like light bulb and i was like oh yeah so their inflation schedule must be weird or non-existent right they don't have i, I didn't say it was weird how you make money i said it's you're not going to make money. <laughs> <laughs> it's weird that you won't make money. <laughs> okay. Okay. So, so, cause I, I'm really interested in this now. Cause, cause I've seen their code and I was just like, okay, like you say, that's bold. I was like, fuck, I haven't seen a, like, because they're not emitting any more rewards, are they? Or they're mint, are they minting them from smart contract? And then they're not. No, there's no mint at all. There's, there's no, no inflation. Fix supply. Nix. Yeah. Fix supply. So they the only way that there is um, rewards to stakers and and thus validators from their commission is through um, transaction fees on the platform. Yeah, can't have big. Oh, where do you? Go? Oh, you died. You're back. <laughs> You're back. Resurrected. Yeah, so, so so wait. So how do you how do you make money then from um, transaction fees? Fees on the swaps and right. transaction and, fees. And for are those everything. like are those like meaningful? No, no. <laughs> now, no. I think I've made nine dollars in uh, what six months? How long has it been going now? Fair while, no money. And Not that but, long, but yeah, yeah. It's it's a bit of a charity at the moment, but I mean it. So this is what I like about it, though, right? Because this is the exact model people should be using and and like i was saying last week or the week before or whenever it was when i went on a bit of a rant about inflation is that 
people like tokens become popular because of the DeFi returns, right? From inflation and it becomes popular, it gets pumped and then it hits a point and then it falls off a cliff because obviously, you know, um, you know, markets don't work like that. They don't just keep going up. Um, they go up until the demand has reached a point and the interest has reached a point and then everyone stakes it and they're trying to get just selling all of their rewards, trying to like, you know, get back their capital and then get the cream, right? And then once the hype runs out, then the token price runs out and then it falls off a cliff. And so with a currency that's not inflated and it works off the end game mechanism, right? Which is what, so the whole point of inflation and the whole point of rewards from inflation and proof of stake was to provide like a mechanism for return to get people interested in the token and to get people to buy the token and use the platform. Create use, right. Create use in the interim while they develop the use case and the user base so that the end game is that the support, uh, the the network is supported by fees, right? Mm -hmm. So that's the end game with Juno, that the network is supported by fees after 12 years, that it's gotten enough development and user base by then that it can be adequately supported by fees. So Kujira has just gone, well, fuck your model. Let's just start out with a fee-based mechanism and we'll either make it or we won't based on that. We're not going to come up with some bullshit interim plan. Mm-hmm. So basically right now they're, they're coasting along and, you know, people are obviously using it. The, the fees are coming through. They're fuck all. But there's still quite a bit of like, you know, the top validators are pretty loaded still in Kijira. Um, but, um, yeah, you know, time will tell. It's it's a fresh platform. It's it hasn't been out for that long, but I'm I'm just happy that someone has gone straight to the end game, and now we can see if having that um, you know end game model from the start is something that can actually be achieved. I'm I'm pretty interested to see how it turns out. Yeah, that's really interesting. We it's a shame Max Juno isn't in the chat because he's the other tokenomics kind of expert besides like you and Rama that we kind of have regular contact with, I guess. And like I kind of feel like the the I think I was literally I think it was literally Max actually. I was talking to this talking to you the other day about about how we have a real problem with like really serious long tail inflation schedules, which is like what mm-hmm. you were ranting about on the the show the other day, which is like most most of the bigger chains in the cosmos right now are still in that early super high ramp phase of their inflation like even 20 30% inflation is crazy you know oh yeah um and so like nobody e- even the chains that have like um proved some intrinsic value have not proved any intrinsic value and actually th- this is the irony of like atom 2.0 is like changing their tokenomics from what was previously right relatively steady emissions like actually infinite low inflation if you're going to do inflation from the beginning is probably the way to go like start fucking 20 or 10 and reduce down to like five or three like a central bank would i know we're not supposed to talk about them but like keep it low keep it within the bounds of say consumer price inflation um and then see if you're you see if your inflationary bound actually rewards the validators and protocol operators for being in that network or do what Kajura have done and just fuck it off from the beginning, which is interesting. I mean, I, 
I think the only thing I caution on like Kajira is I think like a fully deflationary currency is a bit risky. Is it well, deflationary? I don't think it's deflationary. I don't think they burn anything. If you, no, but if you have a if you have a, a fixed amount, it is by definition inflationary because people lose keys. People do, mm. yeah. yeah, yeah, like very gently. But there will yeah. come a time mathematically when, through loss of wallet keys, through whatever, like it will decline to zero eventually. Like that certainty. But then all chains will die through entropy through some means. Jesus. So, add to another airdrop. That's <laughs> <laughs> fine. Nothing's forever, dude, except for high, high returns it, on Cosmos chains. It does take the timeline off of them, though, because the without without that deflationary piece of a constant mint and constant selling of that, and you have the pipe price pressure down, and without all of that, the only thing that you're really going to be shedding is validators, and there's an unlimited supply to step in that group right so if somebody somebody on bonds because they don't you know null on bonds because he's making nine bucks a year and doesn't want to wait for the fee structure there's more that will invest in that right if they believe in the project they want so that's really the only that's only risk right otherwise they're not doing like a they're, they don't have a chihuahua situation that is <laughs> that is we're going to mint the hell out of this and then oh shit we need to burn a half a million dollars every six hours because Trying to control some sort so of, out of control. It's so out of control that you start build, you start burning and then you're selling at the same time you're burning and everything else, right? So a little bit obviously not the same project, but you kind of get the idea. Yeah. I think it's kind of like it, it's so interesting the state we're at now, I think, with the like where we got to with App Chain Winter last year, where we had this like slew of projects launch, get liquidity on osmosis, crack on like Kerberos was really like the nail in the coffin on yeah. that one. That was the last one which just like got it kind of almost no questions asked, got like a lot of the classic things sorted, got a mint scan listing, right, and then did absolutely fucking nothing, and is a useless piece of shit chain. Sell it, right? Um, but like that wouldn't happen again now, except that you have got like the kind of like last gasp of like these kind of chains, like territory and stuff that have started appearing now. It does make you wonder if there is another market, not financial advice, etc., but. It makes you wonder if sentiment is changing a little bit or if people just like want something, anything, because they're bored. But like you've got to wonder, like, there's no way that the the high inflation tokenomics that we've seen to this point only works when there's like 10 chains. It's easy to grab attention like that. Yeah. Right. When there's like 10 chains and you can get the liquidity on osmosis to then make that high inflation profitable for people in the short term enough to get a hype cycle going but like when there's a hundred cosmos chains that shit isn't going to work and then people are going to have to completely rethink how tokenomics makes money for teams and makes money for people buying into a project like because if the answer is not utility it's going to be fucking nothing basically your your project's just fucked so i was just like pondering the other day um staring at the wall about like (laughs) in your you know Sex versus Dex, because <laughs> the like the writing's on the wall, right from the beginning with with the liquidity, because the liquidity is a whore to fucking rewards. So it's just, just a, a model that I think in the long term just isn't sustainable at all. Because networks need to basically give around give away token to attract liquidity, and you're basically like. You have to dilute your token to have 
liquidity by giving more of it away. Um, and if once the once the reward stops, so people basically have to continually keep um, voting in more and more and more liquidity rewards and keep draining the community pool to be able to sustain that liquidity so that there's not um, price shock when people do uh, trades. Whereas, you know, a centralized exchange is more uh, indicative of the market. So your, your liquidity is sort of replaced with market depth and participants in the market so that, you know, large trades you can see ahead of time the impact that's going to have and you can sort of make a more informed decision as to um, where your trade's going to end up by looking at the market depth, right? Yeah. And in periods, in periods of like high sell pressure or like disinterest in a um, token, if you're on a sex, the token price will fall very quickly if people turn on the, on the token, right? Whereas um, in a DEX, there can be, uh, you know, disinterest in the token and, and a lot of sell pressure that just actually yeah. um, abuses the, the available liquidity from the liquidity providers. So it actually drains the people who get drained in that is actually the liquidity providers, not the, the token holders. Yeah, so I actually think that it's better to have to have sales through a six. To be honest, it's kind of interesting, isn't it? And I think, like again, if you look at how many chains in Cosmos are actually even on a sex, and then look at their depth, like this is like people looking for like Atom two point zero, and that you that know, a good a good project would actually be a Cosmos centric centralized exchange because i mean it's 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 unpopular to say this but just the cost of having a dex is great and people don't really realize that compared to having yeah. a, a centralized exchange where you're you're um you know the participants take the risk rather than the liquidity providers and the networks providing liquidity incentives it's but very decentralization now decentralization yeah, but I mean, but decentralization what? is always bad. Always good. <laughs> always centralization is always bad. Which is why bad? though? Why? Because but it is, is. But isn't Osmosis trying to build that sex structure out to be able to offer both those kind of avenues? And yeah, so the um, the order book, right? So they're, they're mm-hmm. so I mean, Kuji's a decentralized order book. Mm-hmm. So yeah, they do exist, but. It's not like the but onboarding you, you, you and are the right. onboarding you, is not you as, are right. as centralized. You, there should be at least one platform that is a atom. Uh, um, I mean, like a Cosmos centric centralized exchange. So there's options. But 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 your problem is going to be liquidity depth again because like Juno is on Kraken. Do you want to like go on Kraken now and try and fucking sell some Juno? Try and buy some Juno. Can't you? We can. I think I've tried to buy. You can, but uh, Kraken Juno's on Kraken, mm-hmm. and it is the the depth is total dog shit. Like, so this is like the Atom two point zero thing. Like, people are like, "What's the?" They're, they're scrabbling for a hundred different overcomplicated things to make as the use case for Atom. I will tell you what the use case for Atom is, and it's that a lot Unreal. of ordinary <laughs> crypto people have heard of Atom, and they haven't heard of anything else in the ecosystem. They equate Cosmos with Atom and they buy it on Kraken. And that's why 
every project team in the entire of the cosmos offboards their payroll <laughs> through Atom and through Kraken or Binance or whoever, that is the fundamental use of Atom and it's going to be the fundamental use of Atom for the time being. And messing too much with the tokenomics of Atom kind of misses that point, I think. For for me anyway. Like I don't I don't see that situation changing. Like the depth of liquidity for any of these other chains in the cosmos changing anytime soon. The hub is going to be the onboarding and offboarding hub for fucking payroll. That is the use of the hub. The hub is everybody's going to be fond of the hub. If you run a team of three people that you need to pay through uh, you know, any project in the in the cosmos. I, I don't know. All the other stuff, ICS, all that kind of thing, it's like those don't feel like problems we have. Problems we have include liquidity depth on an exchange where you can get US dollars out the other side if you have a team to pay who need to pay for, you know, lights and heating and food. I think really you mean feel like market depth. The t- the twenty four hour volume <laughs> the twenty four hour volume on Juno USD on Kraken is thirteen hundred dollars. Yeah. It's uh thirteen hundred. Big news. Big news. <laughs> what else we got? Do you know on Kraken? <laughs> what else we got? <sighs> yeah. So, I mean, uh, oh, and, not, and like Highlander says, there's the USDC, um, you know, the ICS thing coming next year. You know, not going to lie, that's that's cool. That's useful. Um, mm-hmm. That probably will bring in money from ETH. Yeah. But I think, like, my gut feeling is the money coming from ETH is like a different pool of money from the money coming from people buying Atom on Binance, Kraken, stuff like that. I think that that's a different pool of money. I think there are some people who are just like buying it on those exchange, possibly staking it with, excuse me, a, a custodial validator on those chains. And that, that's quite different from like, if you're bridging from ETH, you probably at least have some idea what you're doing. Like to even own, oh, but then I guess USDC, although it's from ETH, it's like stable, isn't it? And USDC native is coming soon. It'll be my Parker. I'll be parking all my Jesus. stuff there. The Luna Classic, yeah. the Luna Classic volume is one point four million dollars at point zero 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 two five USD. Have you checked your that Luna Classic lately? The load of you. you, you, you uh, I think it's still still locked in osmosis though, so I'm not sure I can get it out. Yeah. Oh dang. Are you um, still like? Uh, like how, what? What's your token management situation like at the moment? What's your you policies mean, like? Selling? Yeah, <laughs> what, what are your policies like at the moment? <laughs> uh, our policy is like um, we could use the bear not being a bear. Yeah, um, <laughs> I'm down with that. Is there is there a, we, is there a form? We're having to <laughs> like for well, I think so. I think we can talk about Usepa. Can we talk briefly about what we've been up to as well, like elsewhere? We can. Is that so? It's we just gonna make it's just gonna make be careful. I don't like I don't like <laughs> okay. So we won't talk too much about it, but we're we're doing some stuff in in Aptos and have been for a little while, and it's now live, so it can actually say that that is the case. Um, but our infrastructure costs, particularly ours at Envoy's Needlecast, we are running a bunch of C6i8XL servers. Um, those of you AWS nerds 
probably have just uh, taken a sharp intake of breath. Um, Usurper yeah. is currently making the uh, sharing cash move with his hands. That yeah. <laughs> well, our main net setup is that. We're also running Tasnat, which is three times C6I 4XL. So Saving money there. Yeah, I mean, this is about making these little savings <laughs> where you can, isn't it? Um, uh, yeah, and, and you know, obviously I could be running a 110, I think, euro box on Hetzner, but instead we're running on AWS. So there you go. Um, and yeah, Rama says Jeff is very happy about it. Yes, he is. I've been getting a lot of value out of, out, out of the gifts of of Jeff Bezos laughing recently. You recently um, you you recently received a uh, courtesy call, right? Uh, <laughs> so well, I I told Noel about this. I we we got a call the other day um, to our business line um, our, from our new AWS account manager who noticed that our usage had gone through the roof. That wasn't the term they used. They used something like. Your cloud on-ramping journey looks like it has accelerated recently. Um, they said they would. They 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 called they called up the business line. It goes through to my mobile by default, and then round robins. They went through to my mobile, picked it up, and then they were like, "Can we speak to the operations team, please?" And I was like, "Excellent, excellent. Mm -hmm. We can't afford whatever bill is coming." <laughs> is that a good sign? Um, so, with that in mind, like. In answer to your question of are we selling, no, we're not, but we would really like the bear market to turn around because that AWS bill is getting big. Um, mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> That's young Jeff. Yeah. I think were, you, were you looking for the one where he does that with all the no, money? No, no, that's what I wanted to Yeah. Um, yeah, so we're not selling. Uh, I don't think selling in this market is conducive to. I mean, I've I've been a prolific staker of late. Every time I do it, I like shake my head at myself. I'm like, yeah, oh, what are you? This We've been staking everything since such a degenerate May, March, <laughs> like April, maybe something like that. Since April, yeah, we've been restaking since April. So, so without like. I don't want to be shady or anything about it. I'm just going to like kind of state some element, but there's obviously like been quite a few large Juno grants because of the Terra de uh, developer fund. Um, there have also been grants upstream to like the maintainers of Cosmwasm for, for good fucking reasons. We don't exist without them um, and other dev teams and all that sort of stuff. Some of that, obviously those teams do stake to get like a recurring revenue and some of it gets sold. And also, you know, ditto with a lot of the Terra teams had to sell because they had to make payroll. So there's been a lot of sell pressure on Juno, I would say, in the last few months. And that's in the context of like a wider market downturn. So there's kind of two things, like from a short-termist perspective, you're like, well, if I sell, like, or, or for, I'm sorry, from like a long-term perspective and like a personal perspective, you kind of have to look at this business and go, if we sell now, are we really kind of just pinching from our own pocket later? Yeah. But also you kind of go, well, as a business, if we sell, are we contributing to an environment in which we undermine the faith of retail or the faith of ordinary users of the platform? Because you need that positive energy to bring like uh, interest back in the project, both from people who are like, where should I build? But also like, if the bull market does come back, like where people want to spend their energy and time and ultimately money 
if you are looking at places like Kraken where there's fuck all liquidity at the moment, but you know, they put Juno in an email saying to people, Hey, here's one of the Cosmos ecosystems projects we were interested in. That's not going to happen if if the sell pressure is always outweighing the buy, right? I wouldn't have thought so anyway. I, the, I really thought I really thought the Kraken listing was going to kind of bust Juno out a little bit, but it's really I think it's down fifty percent since it launched on there, or something like that. Even in the even in yeah. this market, right? I think it was on. I think it was like five or six bucks. I got it to at that point. I mean, there's yeah, really there's just not much a lot of interest in since then. That's what I mean. Yeah, like a lot been, of those Terra Developer Fund grants yeah. didn't get. Uh, actually shipped out to the projects they you know they had all their negotiations yeah. what end of may through to june july was when they were receiving their tranches of funding mm. which you know and like kraken was right at the end of yeah, july yeah. so you got to think like a lot of those teams were told don't sell immediately stage your selling oh did this so, you, that? so you've got to think like july august september is when those funds were getting liquidated yeah um, highlander down here is bloody uh charting <laughs> it's like what does it say $2 Juno when Bitcoin hits a swoop of 14K. Other than that, Juno floor is in. <laughs> You're going to hear first. <laughs> well, so I mean, here first, folks. We're predicting fucking prices. Well, no, we are not. Bitcoin, we're not. You know, that's, that's the reality for almost, yeah, almost all crypto. So. <laughs> we are not doing that. Don Jane Cheskot. We got one new We got one new viewer in the show, and you got to butcher their name. Welcome, Don. <laughs> There you go. That's what I like to hear. You are viewer number nine of uh, Game of Notes. Congratulations. Welcome. We individually welcome every viewer. We can individually welcome everybody to this podcast. <laughs> um, oh, man. Yeah. Crazy. I'd like week. to ask the panel. Uh, oh, we have a question. Hold on. The opinion of what me and Rama was discussing on changing the unbonding time of Juno. No. <laughs> I think a no uh, for me. Rama That's had a, a fucking no. Rama had a tweet thread, maybe a thread, short discussion around trying to low or talking about the the fact that unbonding times don't really have any impact on price or those types of things. And so the twenty eight days wasn't really doing anything. He thinks don't that it actually the tokenomics, Rama. Let's it, it let's also talk about it over a bit. <laughs> it it also uh, keeps people away from staking. And so sometimes that can actually put pressure on the other side because they don't want to lock up for that long in uncertain markets. And so does a 14-day or 28-day actually make any sort of difference in any sort of way? Is it just a pain in the ass? I and I was I was agreeing, actually. I, I, I don't see there's any reason for it. but I, I don't know. If there's if somebody showed me some evidence that it would radically change if it was 14 days or seven days, then I think we would be that would be a more interesting conversation. But my suspicion is as soon as you go over one day, as soon as it's locked at all, that's the majority. It's like, you know, you know how vacuum tube amplifiers work, like uh, it, because of the way we perceive. Yeah, man. <laughs> Intimately. Well, because, a combination. Because <laughs> Unfortunately, I do know how they work. But typically are, should be audio taper, but often they're linear. And also the way we perceive decibels of volume, the way the components work, all that sort of stuff. There's this phenomenon where usually when you turn the, the amplifier on, you turn it up to one and it's like quite quiet. And then you turn it to two and suddenly it's fucking ear splitting. And there is no middle ground. And you're like, and it's like no no one thing, but it's a whole set of factors that mean that the end result is you really actually have a binary system. You have this this volume control that looks like it's linear, it's a range. 
mm-hmm. right? And it's actually binary. It's just, it's on or it's off, right? And yeah. I think people's reaction to staking is a bit like that. Like, they're either like, the amp is slammed, and they're like, ah, I'm going to react in this way because it's staking, it's locked. Or they're like, nah, it's liquid, YOLO. I, I'm not so, but I would love to be proved. Like, if somebody's done some research on this, that would be, that'd be sick. Um, I, I don't think I'm like out of hand against it. My gut feeling, that's just my, my gut intuition is that raising it by a little bit, sorry, lowering it by a little bit won't do much, but Maybe. Drama, prove us wrong. Yeah. I mean, the only, my only data point I brought up with him was like on the helium side, which they do, it's a different structure because there's not the staking, it's a honey badger BFT. So there's a bunch of validators that each have a fixed stake amount. And then um, there's no really individual staking unless it's non-custodial. But but in that situation, that unbonding, they have an unbonding there of of it's two hundred seventy five thousand blocks or something that ends up becoming like five or six months. So when the from the point that you choose to unstake, it's six months. And there's been a lot of talk there and like trying to get that down because it's just fucking ridiculous. And the idea was that it was growing network and there's a bunch there's a lot staked. There's like forty percent of all available or forty five or fifty percent or something like that. And there was there was adamant structure around it needs to be this long otherwise it's, everybody's going to sell off and this token's going to go down 95 percent. and guess what token went down 95 percent. so whether that whether that would have been 96 or 98 or 99 percent if that structure was different but now you have a significant amount of lost value that's in there as being a validator or even a token holder or whatever types of things and you're you know some of that you're you're working into right you're you're stuck in there but the idea that I think the idea that staking period does anything to hold price pressure, I think, is just more than fourteen days. I think it doesn't make a difference. So no you're sense. probably right. Like yeah. I think I'm agreeing with you. Like anything more than you know, it's one seven fourteen. That's in- infinitely long. And, and somebody who's looking at this, fourteen versus five months, uh, or fourteen maybe versus a month, like twenty eight days. If it, if you know, I don't know if it has really that much of an impact. Um. So Don Change Co. Better. Uh, just comes in <laughs> for the first time and just slams down spicy shit on the table. I like it. About uh, what do you guys think about the Adam 2.0? I know, um, pretty sure the phrase got uh, thoughts and opinions. I think we already covered this earlier, didn't we? Did we? Today? God, do I want to rug you. <laughs> uh, one to 44, 45. <laughs> It's like like Reddit, hour 29 and 51 seconds. It's the perfect time right when you're asking that question. But I I held it. 